You're listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. We pray that as you hear this word, you would be encouraged and inspired as you pursue Jesus in your everyday life. We have such a rich community of people who love Jesus. Uh, we today are doing what we have called Voices of Life Tree, where we have a few different people coming to, to share the word. I gave this group of people um, a list of scriptures. I just said, here's some scriptures, kind of on my mind, on my heart. Read through them and see what God speaks to you through them and, and, and bring what he gives you. So we're going to jump into that. But I just want to point out the, um, the richness of hearing from the body. Today we have Jaylin leading worship, okay, along with the rest of you guys, I know, but I'm highlighting Jaylin because she's the youngest of, of the group. And, uh, and then we have Jim Gallagher is one of our preachers. And what I want to point out is that Jaylin's eight years old, nine on Tuesday. Jim is 78, 79 on what day, I do not know. Uh, but we have basically a 70-year range of people making up the team that's presenting, whether in song or in preaching or whatever else this morning. And that just makes me happy. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited about that. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray and then I'm going to welcome John Wason, who's going to come up, and he's actually going to read those scriptures out to us that I gave to this team. And following John Wason, Amber Jellema is going to come up and crack open the preaching this morning. So Holy Spirit, we just welcome you. And John, why don't you come on up? Holy Spirit, we welcome you to have your way in our hearts, that we would sit and hear John as he reads the scriptures to us, and that we would hear your voice speaking to us as he reads in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, Life Tree family. Wow. So I get to uh, share some scripture this morning. I'm actually sharing uh, eight different passages by at least four different authors. Um, it'll be going pretty quick. I think uh, Elijah will be putting the, uh, the references up on the screen, so uh, uh, you can catch them there, or you can always just contact the office uh, if you don't get them all there. But um, uh, more than just uh, uh, reading, I want you to listen. In fact, where I'm starting it with Exodus, uh, it actually starts off in Exodus 20. It starts off, and God spoke all these words. So what are the words that the, that the Lord spoke? Well, I will share them with you now. So, uh, so listen, here we go. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. There may be so-called gods both in heaven and on earth, and some people actually worship many gods and many lords, but for us, there is one God, the Father by whom all things were created and for whom we live, and there is one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things were created and through whom we live. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being faithful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. <laughs> all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Oh, goodness. Okay, here we go. Good morning, everybody. Uh, it's so good to be here. I'm so stoked to be back in the building. How good is it to be in our church? Uh, so this morning I am... Kind of focusing on Colossians 1, 10 to 19. I'm not going to reread it, but um, essentially we're just, it's the verse is just talking about how as we grow, we get to know God better and better. And as we continue to learn, we get to know him and his heart. 
um, and that everything is created through him and for him and just the importance um, of that. And more importantly is that he is the beginning. Um, the end of the verse, verse 19, says he is the beginning, supreme over all, who rise from the dead, so he is first in everything. Um, and so, yeah, so through this season, for me with COVID, um, I have been trying to just be super intentional about my time spent with the Lord. Um, for me personally, that has been looking like getting in my Bible um, and just being intentional about listening and learning and reflecting on the word of the Lord. Um, and so I have just been asking God, like, what is this time supposed to look like for me? And over and over again, I've just been hearing him say, get rooted. Um, and part of me laughs because I'm like, well, okay, I don't really know what else I'm supposed to be doing right now. We're kind of stuck in our house. Um, but yeah, so that has been, that's been what the, the little bit of a journey that the Lord's been taking me on. And so this morning, I kind of wanted to look at what does it mean to be rooted and so in Colossians 2, 6 and 7, Paul is talking about freedom and new life in Christ. And he's explaining that once we make the choice to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord, that we must continue to follow him and that there's so much richness in that. And then verse 7 goes on and it says, Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. And so I think that getting rooted can kind of look different for everyone. Um, for me, it's been getting in my Bible, reading and ensuring that I'm grounding myself in truth and affirmations um, in a time when everything is so uncertain, when everything is so unclear for an anxious person like myself. I am like, I have no purpose. I have no plan. There's no way out. Like, I didn't see a way out of this season, and that was so terrifying for me. And so the only thing that I could do was just let Jesus seep into, like, every part of my life and lean back and trust that he has got me and he's got control and just being able to, like, give that up myself, which is super hard. Um, but just trusting that he's, he's got this and he's got me and we're going to get through this. Um, and so, yeah, so I was doing my devotion one morning and they were talking about how Jesus is built different, how his kingdom is built different. And what they mean by that is that he is not a king that sends his people into battle to, to die, but rather he's like, hey, let me take that on myself. Let me take the sacrifice for the sake of my people so that you don't have to do this, which is nothing we've ever seen through history before. And, um, and so how are we as Christians supposed to learn to live in a kingdom that is built different when the world around us is telling us that we're not enough or we have to look a certain way or we have to abandon our roots because living a life apart from the Lord is so much more rewarding? Um, and I feel like Jesus just kind of says, you know, keep your eyes on me. We've got this. You're, you're going to do great things. And we see it over and over in the Bible in Colossians 3, 17. It says, and whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. 
John 15, 4 to 5 says, Remain in me, and I will remain in you, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I am them, will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. And Matthew 6, 33 in the English Standard Version says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So we're constantly being told over and over again in the Bible, God first, God first, God first. And there's so much importance in that. And through those verses, I was reminded of a time I was listening to a sermon, and the preacher was just like, we so much focus on Genesis and the creation and how important it is, but he said, this whole sermon, I just want to focus on the first four words. He just said, in the beginning, God. And we're told in, in Colossians 1.19, Christ is the head of the church with this, his body. He is the beginning supreme, so he is first in everything. And so this morning, I just wanted to, like, if nothing else, just be like, God first in every aspect of our life, not just when it's easy and not just when it's hard. Um, and yeah, and so whenever I was thinking about this message, I was just like, Lord, like, what do you have? And it was like this, I just saw this picture of this massive root system. You know, when you're walking through the forest, I mean, we all live in BC, we've definitely seen a fallen over tree. Um, but you see this, this, these roots and they have these, these trees that have fallen over. These have, they have these ma- just massive root systems and you can see the new growth. You can see the old growth. And that just so much reminded me of just our walk with the Lord. And, and like Colossians 10 says, you know, trees that are in the forest, they, well, Colossians doesn't say this about the trees, but you know, trees in the forest, they grow and they're constantly finding new soil, new fresh soil to put their roots down into. And, and Colossians says that too, as we grow, we will learn to know God better and better and better, and we're going to get to know his heart more and more. And so much like trees who are regrowing and rerooting themselves, we need to do that as well. Um, what happens when we maybe only decide to show up on a Sunday, sing our songs, throw our hands in the air, and then our weekdays, it's like, well, I don't really need the Lord. We have like one root then is that is grown down in soil that is not going to sustain us, right? So what happens when a wind comes through or a big storm or something's happening in our life that is just like wanting to uproot us, chances are we're going to fall. And so much like the trees, much like the Bible is telling us, we need to make sure that we have Jesus in every part of our life. We need to make sure that we have root systems everywhere, grounding us, holding us, making sure that we're secure so that when something does come through that tries to knock us over, the Lord's like, no, no, keep your eyes on me. We got this. You're good. You're grounded. So yeah, so that's kind of what I had, just to encourage you guys that Jesus wants so badly to be a part of every single aspect of your life and just wants to bless you. And um, yeah, I feel like that's my eight minutes. So good. As, uh, as Amber was just sharing that, the question that was rolling through my mind that I would encourage you to be asking yourself is what does it look like for God to be first in every aspect of your life? I'm not preaching today, so I'll just leave it at that. So Jim, why don't you come up? Jim Gallagher coming to bring the word next. Welcome, Jim, you guys. It's yours. 
Good morning, Life Tree Church. Whether you are here or whether you are watching online, good morning to you. And it's great to be here in the in the presence of, of others that <clears throat> we've experienced before in volume, but uh, today it's although it's less, there's a warmth here and it's wonderful. <clears throat> Sharon and I just came down from north of Nanaimo, Nanaimo, and we were on a short, short vacation. And on our way down, she asked me a question. And just before I mentioned the question, <clears throat> I was looking at the screen before the meeting started, and it said Life Tree Church, all about Jesus. And so Sharon asked me the question, she said, what's the topic of your message? And I stopped for a moment, I said, Jesus. <laughs> Not to elaborate, but to elaborate him. <laughs> yes. Um, speaking of Jesus, when the disciples in Matthew chapter 6 were uh, talking to Jesus, and they asked him a question. And they said, would you teach us to pray? And Jesus said, when you pray, pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed, holy, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth, on earth, in us, on earth, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. There's the bread, the word of God. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as it says in one passage, or trespasses, as we forgive our debtors. That's a volume of love right there. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, or the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. It's all about Jesus, really. Who is Jesus? Amber just mentioned about the word of God in the beginning. Jesus' name is the word of God. In the latter chapters of Revelation, it said, and his name is called the word of God. It's beautiful. <clears throat> right now I'm going to give you some good news as a result of the gospel. The gospel itself is the good news in Jesus. This is good news as a result of the gospel message going out. There's a fellow I met about four years ago, a Jewish man. He was invited to a home meeting amongst some of our friends. And he was so bitter and so angry, the things that he said. I thought he was going to walk out, but he just stayed right there and listened to us sing and pray and read some of the scriptures. At the end of that meeting, I went to this man. His name was Chris. <clears throat> 
And I said, Chris, um, those were interesting things that you were saying. How would you like to go out to coffee sometime and, and talk about them? This is four years ago. And shortly after that, we arranged to meet together for coffee. And the first thing, when we were sitting down at the table, he put his arms lapsed on the table, and he looked me straight in the eye, and he says, I hate Christians. Whoa, how do you respond to that? Well, I said, oh, so you hate me? He said, no, you're not so bad. <laughs> Anyways, he went on to, with this diatribe about, uh, you Christians, you believe in three gods, and blah, 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 and he went on in a bitter way about that. And I said, you do too. He said, I do what? I said, you believe in three gods. He said, I do not. He said, it says right in the scriptures, there is one God. I said, true. Very true. But, and Amber once again mentioned Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And I said, what's the name of God there? in the Hebrew, and he said, Elohim, Elohim. I said, that's true. I said, now, that word Elohim in English has I am at the end. That makes it plural. Why is that? And he kind of stumbled about it. He said, I'll ask my rabbi about that. <laughs> There were a number of things that we talked about over the four years as we met maybe once a month, something like that, whenever the occasion arose that we were both available to meet at a given time. And he kept asking questions, and he kept saying, I'll go back to the rabbi and ask him. Well, as it turns out, the rabbi didn't have any answers for him. I said, when you go to the synagogue on Saturday... You sing the Shema, which is in the scriptures, which is Hero Israel. Our Lord is one. Our Lord is one. And it's Shema Israel, Adonai Elonehu, Adonai Echad. And he said, Yes. I said, Well, you just said that God is more than one. He said, I did not. I said, I said, Achad, our Lord is one. And I said, how many words in Hebrew are there, or how many, yeah, how many different words are there for the word one? And he stopped and he said, well, Achad. I said, there's another one. He said, what is it? I said, Yahid. Why are the two wor words to say one? He said, I don't know. I said, well, maybe this will help. I said, first of all, Yahid means absolute one. There's one sun in the sky, one moon, one earth. Yes, there are other planets. But then the word Echad in the Shema, 
is a compound one. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, for example, when a man and a woman marry, they become one in the spirit. When we look at a day, there's the morning, there's the noon, and there's the afternoon. It's still the same day, but it's made up of mainly three parts. And I said, the same thing explains Elohim. In the beginning, God, Elohim, being plural. Anyways, just to move right along through the four years, I continued in the Old Testament, which is called the Tanakh by the Hebrews, by the Jews. And I was using references to Jesus throughout the Old Testament. And he had more and more questions. And then about a month and a half ago, we met for coffee again. He phoned me this time. He said, could we, could we meet for coffee? I said, sure, sure. And this time when he came, he didn't put his arms down on the table and look me straight in the eye. He, he said, I have some news for you. I said, tell me your news. And he turned aside. We were sitting at a table at a window. This was when it was open to do that at Tim Hortons. <laughs> and I could see his reflection in the window. And his eyes started to tear up. And he turned back to me. He said, I have found the Messiah, and his name is Jesus. It was, it was just pow <laughs> in my heart. And I said, how did you come to that conclusion? He said, I started reading the New Testament, as you said. Maybe you should start in the book of John, where it says, in the beginning was the word. And then, after reading through the book of John, I read the whole entire New Testament. And he said, one word came to mind, or one comment in my mind or decision was, this man is beautiful. I've never heard that before by someone who's accepted the Lord. This man is beautiful. He said, there's nothing wrong with him. He only did good. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. And on and on, this teaching was perfect. I said, is Jesus your Lord? He said, yes, he is. I said, you know what that means now? You are my brother in Christ. Actually, he even phones me and he calls me dad. <laughs> I said, well, son, that's wonderful news. One more story, and then I'll conclude. <clears throat> Years ago, my mother passed away at the age of 69 of a terrible disease of cancer. I used to teach school nearby to where she lived, so I used to visit her every day during that illness, during the latter parts of that illness in particular. And one day, my mom looked very, very sad. And I said, what's the problem, Mom? She said, well, you know I've gone to church all my life. She's First Nation. And uh, she was in a residential school, but escaped in her teenage years. She actually escaped. She could see what was going on, and that was it. But anyways, 
so she had gone through a lot. But there was one thing about it. There were things that she, she heard at the church meetings that really struck her heart, and she continued to um, f- follow the, the, the speaking and the preaching and the meetings. Um, when she left and went to a, a local city. Anyway, she said, <clears throat> I, be- I said, do you believe in God? She said, of course I do. I said, do you believe in Jesus? He said, she said, yes, I do. I said, well, why, you look, why do you look so concerned? She says, well, I hope I'm getting to heaven. And I said, Mom, if Jesus told you how to get to heaven, would you believe it? And she said, of course I would. So I spoke to her from John chapter 14, beginning at verse 1 and through to verse 6. The disciples were concerned about uh, some of the things that Jesus was saying before that. And then Jesus said to the disciples, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions or rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, you will be also. And Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going and how to get there. And you're familiar with the verse 6 of John 14. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And Mom, you just said you believe in Jesus. And I looked up at my mom And she was weeping. She said, I never knew that. I said, well, probably either you were thinking of something else when that message or that verse, those verses were given. But I'm sure you've come across them at some time and maybe it just didn't click. But I said, you believe in Jesus and you're trusting in him. And I know that you are trusting in him just the way that you live. And by what you say, that you have faith in Jesus. And I said, now, you're not only my mother, you're my sister in Christ. And it was wonderful, because my mother was a worrywart. She'd worry about when we, the boys had got home. I'm one of three sons. And she'd worry about uh, paying the bills and whatever. But after that... It was amazing the peace that came over her. It was beautiful. Her friends, neighbors, and relatives would say, Jim, your mom looks quite peaceful, and yet she knows that she's in the latter stages of of her disease. I said, it's because she's met Jesus knowing that she'll be with him when she passes on. So people recognized it. Now, 
it was mentioned as one of the scriptures, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. The next verse says, in all your ways acknowledge him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And it's amazing when we put our trust totally in him, our path seems to be clear as to where we are going and what we should be doing, whatever. Finally, I want to speak a blessing over each of you. And this is from the Old Testament. But again, remember, the word of God is Jesus in the flesh. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And I'll add in, I know you're not supposed to add into the scriptures, but it's just an interpretation of the peace. It's the peacemaker, Jesus. Becky, you can come on up, but as Becky comes up, I just want to, I just like pausing at the end of each person and meditating, and I would just say, man, the beauty of Jesus. As Jim shared, that's what jumps out at me. And we keep Jesus central. It's crazy to me to hear your mom ran away from residential school and still had heard something of Jesus in the midst of that tragic, messed up place. And even in the midst of that, the beauty of Jesus caught her attention is amazing. Keep it all about Jesus. And you'll be, you'll, you'll be good. You'll be good. Becky, come on. Mask off. Okay. I don't know about this. I was a mess. <laughs> I'm going to be able to talk. I'm going to be able to talk. Ugh, okay. Sorry, guys. This is not make for a smooth. Um, <laughs> okay, I started crying during the practice <laughs> briefly, and then I couldn't even look at Jalen. I don't know about the rest of you, but but literally feel like that changed me watching her this morning. Like, that's how God wants us to be. Like it's so precious. Just, yeah, sorry. <laughs> anything to do with what I was going to say, but, yeah, okay, <laughs> not ideal, but that's all right, I just wanted to say thank you for those, you guys, Seth and Jalen and Garen joining your parents up there, it was just so special, I hope it sounded the same for everybody at home, because I was like, man, like you just hear your little voice, no, not little, it was just, it was, it was intense, actually, I made, like, two trips to the bathroom, and, uh, so thanks, <laughs> Bless me. Okay. Whew. So when I read those scriptures that um that Caleb sent, uh, the thing that stood out and the theme of it was Jesus, Lord of your life. And I just felt like Amber and I are kind of vibing on our points today, but they go really well together. I just thought and it fit really well with what I feel like God's been sharing with me for the last little while. Kind of like everybody, I feel like, had a journey through COVID. <laughs> 
And um, this idea that I think that regardless of what's going on in our lives or where we're at, that we're called to be steadfast followers of Jesus and we're called to walk a narrow way. And uh, steadfast meaning firmly fixed in place, immovable, not subject to change. And I felt really uh, challenged reading that after looking back on the last year. <laughs> and obviously there's no condemnation, thankfully, in Jesus, but... I felt challenged that I had some places to grow in, in terms of uh, just feeling firmly fixed, <laughs> immovable, not subject to change. I was like, this is what I want to, what I want to go for in my life. Uh, I came across a quote the other day that I felt really, really um, kind of summed up what I've been thinking about in the last month or so. It's from John Ortberg. He's just a pastor in California. And he said, for many of us, the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith. It is that we will become distracted, rushed, and preoccupied. And that we will settle for a mediocre version of our faith. Sorry, guys. That we'll just skim our lives instead of actually living. And the verse I wanted to read uh, is Matthew 7, 13, 14. I busted out the children's Bible translation. Did you know there was one? It's pretty cool. It's very simple. I really liked it. Enter through the narrow gate. The road that leads to hell is a very easy road, and the gate that leads to hell is wide. Many people enter through that gate, but the gate that opens to the way of true life is very small, and the road to true life is very hard. Only a few people will find that road. And I just feel like Jesus is telling us how it is. You know, he's not, he can't sugarcoat it. He needs to tell us the truth. And he's warning us, like, this is what it's going to be like, guys. And I, I know some people don't love the message. <laughs> More of a commentary than a translation, but I thought it really fit here. Don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas. And a successful life that can't be practiced in your spare time. I was like, dang. <laughs> like, I am guilty of trying to have a relationship with Jesus in my spare time. Don't fall for that stuff. Even though crowds of people do it. Guys, we see everywhere, like social media, you see everybody else's life. The way to life to God is vigorous and requires total attention. And you know what? The enemy knows that he can lead us to hell if we go the way that everybody else is going, that easier way. And, and this scripture, God's letting us know, like, yeah, it's going to be harder, but this is where you need to go. And God doesn't deserve our spare time. Like, he knows we're not going to get where we need to go that way, but he also deserves more. It's not just this is the right way to go, guys. It's like, this is what he deserves. And I, I saw this little clip um, from this sister scooter sermons. It's like a, a video series on Instagram. It's kind of cool. She told this cool story. She went on vacation and she got COVID. <laughs> and um, <laughs> she got, she recovered. <laughs> Anyways, so when she's on there and she had the classic symptom of no taste or smell. So she thought, I can't enjoy my food anyways. I'm going to go really, really healthy, like so healthy and help myself recover. <laughs> so she just ate like fruits and vegetables or whatever. Recovered, thankfully, quickly. And uh, noticed, like, she was still craving that stuff after the good food. And it, she just started to make a really good point about how 
like the vegetables and fruit and everything helped her get uh, healed faster. And she felt so clean, so clear, like even in her, her she said, in her spirit and her soul, like eating that way. And it helped her recover quickly, but she kind of was pointing out, like, cravings are a really good indicator of where your habits are. And she's like, man, my habits have been, like, whatever this kind of food I eat. I changed over for a period of time my habit. My craving changed. And she's like, and then she brings in the scripture, Psalms 84, too, about David saying, like, my heart yearns for the Lord. My soul yearns for the Lord. And she's, she's like, if we want to be at that place, we got to change what we're craving. If we want to change what we're craving, we got to change our habits. And... I've heard that verse before, and honestly, like when I like lots when I hear that, I always feel lame because I feel like I don't relate with that. <laughs> like my soul doesn't cry out, like my heart, like not all the time. Like there'll be moments, and I just feel like we need to order the things around our life so that we're desiring that. Like that's not a shameful thing. We're not not in that place. It's not a thing of condemnation, but we can get there by changing the things in our life to to what we want to see, to what we want to desire. That our our soul would yearn for the house of the Lord, like for Him. And uh, so I just want to make it personal, like a couple of examples, finding the narrow way for me this last year, like I, for a period of time, I had to take the social media away. It's kind of a cliche example, but for me, honestly, I really needed to <laughs> delete the news app off my phone. Those two things were small, but they really, really did help. I think if everybody kind of looks, you ask the Holy Spirit for in your own life, like what are, what is something in my life that is not producing good fruit? That's what we need to get to get rid of. That's not... It's just holding us back, like a narrow gate. You can't bring a lot of stuff with you. There's not going to be a lot of space for all your extra things. Um, and yeah, like think just at, even simply asking the Holy Spirit after today, like if I had a goal or a vision after talking to you guys, that would be it, that we could kind of ask the Lord, like look at my, where in my life do I need to get rid of some things or deal with something, you know, maybe there's something, you know, it's there every day and you just haven't chosen to deal with it. It might not be as simple as turning off social media, but just to go to that place, to try to weed out the things that are getting in our way um, to making, to going through that narrow gate. And I want to say again, like, God isn't a God of condemnation. It's always an invitation. Every day we wake up, you know, maybe we didn't do it good the next day, but there's always that invitation there, which is so encouraging for me because he's like that because he knows we're going to (laughs) need it. He knows we're going to need the invitation. And, you know, Amber talked about going deeper, like, with the roots. And I've heard that, like, people saying this is a, this year is a call for the church to go deeper. And I honestly, I can't help but think, like, it's a time for us to go narrower, too. Like, we need to set aside things. We need to weed out what we need to weed out and, and just simplify, go narrower towards Jesus and deeper. Like, they're both so necessary. So I just say, yeah, my goal, my vision for you guys is to challenge ourselves, um, challenge ourselves to put our life in, in, in a way where we can change our, our cravings, that we have a yearning and a desire for the house of the Lord, for him. And what is that that God wants to, um, to change in our lives? Just like really coming through to me here and Becky is... Um Whatever you give up, what you get in exchange is way better. I have seen a picture of like a huge brick of gold and hands were full with a phone. Maybe your hand was full with booze. Maybe your hand's full with 
whatever it might be. And whatever you put down to pick up that brick of gold is worth exchanging. Um, Jesus is better than gold. <laughs> yeah, Josh, come on up, man. Guys, welcome, Josh. Okay. Uh, my kids have never seen me cry before, and uh, I actually told Lana it would be your first time, and he said, his response was, do I really have to come down? <laughs> so uh, anyways, I got a clipboard so you know I'm getting serious, and, uh, and I can take this off because I, I look like a cartoon dwarf. It's kind of discrimination because I got a big brain. I'm a big dude. Anyways, uh, Brenda wanted to come up as well because she wanted to just get on stage. But if I cry, you go ahead and just grab that thing right there. Okay. So my scripture is Romans 11.36. For him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory. Um, COVID's been tough for me. I lost a good part of my business. And uh, Michelle's health was down. And um, it, was, it was tough. Uh, <clears throat> what I did is I went and retrained and started learning some digital marketing stuff, paid a bunch of money and, uh, studied like crazy, get up at five, five thirty six, and just learn this content. Now I learned so much content that I could basically do a digital course. And one of the things I learned is that I was on the edge of a cliff, but I wouldn't jump off. I was talking to Caleb about this. It's like, I don't know if it's like our Gen X thing, but like we think that like we need to be super educated in order to jump. And so I feel like it's like this about our walk with Christ and reaching out to people. It's like we, we get so excited in the beginning, but then we're like, oh, oh, wait, time to become a professional Christian. And it's like, I feel like the only way out of that, and I'm just about to jump off the cliff, is I've hired a coach, okay? And so I've also talked to a coach upstairs about how to jump off and meet with people. Brenna. <laughs> She's born to be on stage. She really wanted to get up here. <laughs> Thank you. Um, look. God reminded me that I didn't have to be a, a professional <clears throat> Christian because I think, hey, give me Strangler. The reason why I'm crying is, like, I'm proud of my soft heart. He's taken my hard heart and put a soft heart. But it is this, I think about my relationship as a big brother for 10 years. With my First Nations little brother. And the thing is, talk, God. The thing is, is that God has reminded me that I was already a professional Christian, which is hilarious. But thank you so much. But what I what I did is all I did was show up and spend time. It's the 215 thing that's making me cry, and I'm in the middle of it. It didn't hit me, and then it hit me. And when we were rehearsing this whole thing, I was saying to Caleb, I'm like, buddy, I'm going to cry, man. Like, I know I'm 6'5", 260, but it's like, 
I don't care, man. You know, my heart is in my ministry. That's what the Lord said, so I'm just going to say it. It's like um, all I did was show up. And I think with people out there, all it is is time. It's time with God, but it's time with people. And it doesn't have to be professional. And so what it means is I'd pick up my little brother and uh, I would just take him to Canadian Tire. I'd be like, Kyle, Kyle, how you doing? Good. How was school? Good. What was the best part? Leaving. What do you want to do? I don't know. So you fast forward 10, 10 years. Um, and so from 8 to 18 and Big Brothers was calling us up all the time. And we're like, let's just do this relationship thing outside of Big Brothers. Um, but what I heard is that from the people there was that he said that uh, sorry, I'm still processing all this stuff, but he said that I was what would change his life. And I think the reason why I'm crying about that is I didn't do anything. <laughs> I just showed up. And I think the word is that I have from God is that, and, and the Father's heart is this, is that we just, I just want to challenge you guys to do life, is to spend time with people. And I feel like becoming a big brother was almost like a cure for narcissism. It was like, I'm not really doing anything for you, God. This was a long time ago. It was like 15 years ago or whatever. When I first got married, I'm like, I want to do something. And essentially what it, what it did was set me up of a position of blessing. And so I guess that's the word on this, uh, uh, for you today is just like, what is it in your life that maybe you've been feeling like you haven't done because you need to be a professional? You know, now is the time to step out. And that's one of the things I love about this church. I love about Caleb. And one of the good things about COVID is a lot of us have just stepped out and had meetings. So let's do that more. And let's love people. And the First Nations thing is what Chris Vallotton said is that humility is the way forward. And with that, it's listening, right? So, oh, I still got to process all that. I'm giving, one of the things is I'm an Enneagram 7. And one of the things is, is I don't normally sit in pain, but I'm learning how to sit in it. And so it means I cry a lot. But you know, <laughs> okay. So basically, I just wanted to start, or sorry, stop with, with almost a doxology, which I think is the scripture. I grew up Anglican. But it is the scripture once again, which is Romans 11.36. For him and through him and to him are all things, and to him be the glory. And I just said prayer. Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity. I just pray and that you would just speak to these people's hearts and show them the person, the one in front of you, the one in front of them that uh, just, just to stop for the one and have coffee and to talk to them and, and just to listen. And uh, I thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name. Man. Simple stuff, guys. Starting with Amber talking about just intentionally giving time. The stories of it from Jim, the narrow way from Becky, and then just this admonition from Josh. It's just so simple. All of our life, not the 
little here, little there, all of our life for Lord Jesus. Josh, highlight, I don't know, there's a few, but highlight one was Josh up here with the whole box of Kleenex in his hand. <laughs> I was just like, somebody get a picture of that. Uh, it was so good. Uh, and Brenna, great job helping your dad. So good. <sighs> Got nothing to add, guys. So Lord, we thank you for your goodness to us, your word, your spirit, and this, uh, this call to bring all of our life under your leadership and your lordship. We ask that that would be our reality, that as we go from this place, just like Amber exhorted us near the beginning, that the rest of our life, the rest of this week, would be one of walking with you. Not just giving our spare time, giving our whole life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. At Life Tree, we are a family all about declaring and displaying Jesus to transform lives and benefit lives and benefit our city. If you'd like to find out more about Life Tree, you can find us online at lifetree.ca.